here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM 106.6 FM in Mangaung. So listen to this. In a report published by the World Economic Forum, one of the largest and most consequential government activities that African leaders can do to shift things in an upward trajectory is to focus on driving education on the continent. But for many young South Africans, tertiary education is restricted, often seen to be expensive or out of reach for those who can't find funding through NSFAS bursaries or student loan. Now, research done by an online student crowdfunding funding organization Phoenix found that students fundraising through a platform had an average household income of 173,000 rand per annum which indicates very low affordability based on their findings a staggering 70% of the student household income is below 100,000 rand per annum and yet 88% of the students do not qualify for NSFAS. Now, the question is, why don't they qualify for NSFAS? Kara Jean Peterson is a student engagement manager at Phoenix joining us on the line. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. So let's talk about the staggering uh, percentage of, of students who don't qualify, even though the household income is so low. What are some of the reasons these students don't qualify for NSFAS, for instance, or loans even? Yes, absolutely. So some of the reasons that we found was either the students were post-grad, so NSFAS um, doesn't cover post-grad studies, or they were studying a degree that wasn't covered by that bursary program. They might have been fundraising for historical debt, um, and NSFAS only covers current debt and future debt, and some of them may have exceeded the maximum years allowed to be covered by NSFAS. So that was how we found, because for us it was also, you know, you're surprised to say, 70% of our students are way below the 350k per annum, which is covered by NISPAS, and yet 88% of them don't qualify. So we were fortunate enough to do the study. We could dive deeper into those reasons, which really highlighted the need that, you know, as a community, we need to get involved in how do we help students meet this need that is so drastically out there. I mean, I'm also looking at the 46% which don't qualify for even a loan. So people who are, yes. who are, you know, who are saying, I'm interested in, in taking a loan, I'll pay it back. But even that, they don't qualify even for that. Yes, absolutely. Because their combined household income is too low. Mm. And often our students don't have someone that can stand surety from them. So from our study, we found that 56% of students didn't qualify for any other kind of bursary or any other kind of scholarship, including NISPAS. And then the other 40%, those students didn't um, qualify for a loan. So it leaves students in a very tough spot to say, well, what are my other options? And I think that's why Phoenix is so passionate about the online crowdfunding that we do, because for students who don't qualify for other alternative funding, they now have the opportunity to fundraise from it um, and tap into their communities to help them go forward. Do we have a sense of how many of these students there are, this missing middle? Or do we have a sense of what the numbers are? So the numbers, I think at the moment, I mean, sure, you're tapping into my notes from last year already. Um, I think the numbers were about between 300 to 500,000 students, but I say that under Mm -hmm. Um, 
And yeah, so the missing middle is quite vast. And I mean, the students between, um, that's your students between 350 to 600 K per annum. And a lot of those students, I think because a lot of the scholarships and bursary programs focus on students that aren't covered by NISPAS that are below the 350 K per annum, there's this huge gap with missing middle. Um, but the thing is, a lot of those students come from households where there's maybe more than one student going to university and maybe there's only one parent. Um, that is earning, so and they're supporting many other people in their families. So even though they expected to be able to afford one student studies, that's just not the case contextually. And that's also why, you know, crowdfunding platforms and, and fundraising mechanisms are so important so that those students can also tap into the fundraising um, possibility and get money through community donations. So, I mean, previously, I don't know about now, but previously, you know, first world countries, richer countries did very, very well with crowdfunding funding we've had yes. a year like no other 2020 showed us real flames people <laughs> you know people yes. are unemployed uh, yeah. there's been devastation uh, does crowdfunding work at, in an environment like this i love your question because i get to say yes it does so i think for us what was so phenomenal last year is that i think everyone anticipated that wallets were closing because you know our employment rate went up a lot of industries needed to shut down because of lockdown and so we even in the fantasy space we were unsure you know are people going to give are people going to donate but then as the student cry came out so loud that students did not have access to laptops to data to the resources they would normally have on campus we put out a call to our communities and networks to say you know what students need these resources and in the span of a couple months we were able to raise 3.4 million rand which assisted over 400 students with laptops data and food vouchers in order for them to continue their studies so our assumption is that maybe you know people won't be willing to give but South Africa, our nation, is phenomenal. Like, we are born givers, and we want to, whatever, whether it's that 100 dance, 50 dance, 1,000 dance, people want to give. People see the need. I mean, you saw how donations were being made to the medical profession, how people were sending masks, they were sending water, they were sending love parcels, you know, to daily say, thank you, frontline workers, for everything you're doing. So I think the spirit of our nation is that if we have, we will give. And that's why crowdfunding totally works. Um, so, I yeah. mean, you, you obviously have the profile of the people who are putting in this money. Is it is it corporates? Is it individuals? What, who is actually behind some of the monies coming through? So it's all of the above. So we've got lots of corporates that are really passionate about education and supporting. Um, and then we've got individuals. So you've got everyday people. We have one student who, and we've got the students, parents, family members that are making donations. We had a student whose mom was a domestic worker um, in the Claremont area, and she went to all of the people who she was, um, um, all of her different employers in that street and said, would you please make a donation to my oh. daughter? And they all made donations. And then you've got other organizations that say, you know what, we'd love to support students with disabilities and be able to give them assistive devices and they make donations in their capacity. So it's really about bringing in everyone, whether it's a company, as a collective, or whether it's an individual person, they're all interested in giving. Is the need growing? In other words, are you getting more and more people coming in? Is that percentage growing who are asking for this assistance? Yes. Well, I mean, the new intake of first years expand every year. The amount of students that, you know, have the opportunity to now go and study expand. So 
the need of financial assistance is greater, which means our need for people to give is always going to be greater. Um, so, yes, I think the need will always continue to increase as long as we want our economy um, and the amount of students we want educated and giving back to the economy. If we want that to expand, it means, you know, those needs will also need to be met. The, the fact that education and learning has been disrupted, in other words, we don't necessarily have the outcomes that we expected to have. Has, has that hampered funding? So I don't think it's hampered funding in a sense. I think that there was a period last year where organizations and corporates, they were re-evaluating their spend. You know, how much they could donate, when they could donate. So there was almost a moment where everyone was taking their breath around that March-July time. But I think as we started to adjust and get innovative and make the needed, you know, we really agile. And as those adjustments were made, that's when people started to donate again. So, I mean, we had a really good year last year. I mean, Phoenix to date as days, you know, organizations have made 65 million dance worth of donations, which has assisted over 1,500 students last year was our best year in terms of fundraising. So for us personally, I can't say things have been hampered or slowing down. Um, and I think it also just speaks to the resilience of students because without students wanting to fundraise and wanting to seek that help, you know, we wouldn't have anyone to help. So, from so for example, we even though six percent of our students from the research study said that only six percent had access to all the resources needed, eighty-four percent of our students reported that they're still on track to completing their studies by their given. Um, by the year that they should have graduated. So it speaks to that determination and resilience. I think, you know, despite COVID, despite lockdown, despite all the other flames that appeared in 2020, no one's slowing down because we just can't afford to. What are the expectations by the funders to these students? What are they expected to achieve? Are there any expectations? So I think it depends on the funder. I mean, each funder is individual. The expectations will be, you know, different and, and individualized. But I think in general, it's really just about seeing the student complete and progress. Um, we are firm believers in not promoting academic excellences. You know, it can't always be the A students that are, you know, top of mind to receive assistance um, because there's so many other, I mean, that speaks into so many other forms of inequalities. But for us, it's about progression. Are students attending their classes? Are they passing? Are they doing what they need to complete their degree? And I think for funders, that's what's really important to them. If they want to know that students have everything they need, that they are giving their best and that they are progressing and completing on time. So that seems to be what comes through. And that they say thank you. Um, you know, we find so many students saying, you know, what this means so much. And, and I think we'll find it to see the impact they have. It's also a nice feel-good thing. Mm. You've given us a sense of how many you were able to assist. How many weren't you able to assist last year? Oh, goodness. We tend to focus on who we could assist and who we couldn't. So I'm not quite sure about those numbers, to be honest with you. Mm. I just know that, you know, we were able to assist 1,502 and, and students today. Um, and the numbers keep increasing because new students keep registering. So that's constantly a, mo- a moving number for us. Yeah. Okay. Where can people register? How does one get onto your platform and, you know, raise their hand and say, I need help too? Or at least some can say, you know, I've got money to, to, to share. Love it. So um, whether it's a student or whether it's a funder, you can go to our website, which is 
www.phoenix.org and not phoenix like the bird. It's S-E-E-N-I-X. <laughs> so like student fees. Um, so you can go there and you can register either as a student or a funder. So at the moment, um, all students that have historical debt for 2020, they can still create a profile so that they can fundraise for last year's debt. And once our 2021 registration for students open up, we will let students know on our social media and by email if you're on our mailing list. Um, and then for funders, funding, you know, your donations are open. So all the students that you can donate to are on our website. Pick someone that you connect with, read their story, look at their face. Um, you'll see some really inspirational stories of students wanting to just, you know, live out their dream and, and contribute back to society. Excellent. Thank you so much for talking to us. That is Kira Jean Peterson. She's a student engagement manager at Phoenix. So it's spelled F, you know, like Freddie, with an F, not a PH, org, And uh, you can also go to at Phoenix underscore org um, on other platforms and those are social media platforms so please if you do have some money and you are passionate about education they really would love your help otherwise if you're a student in need of some funding you can also go there too